Hello everybody and welcome to the very first episode of Meatbag. I am your host Dylan Bettany and today we're going to dive headfirst into the world of intermittent fasting. Now I know what you're thinking, we're only 30 seconds into this podcast and this guy's already telling us to stab ourselves. No, not what intermittent fasting is about. All about taking a break from food and giving our bodies some much needed hour and hour. For most of us, food is so readily available. Fast food restaurants on almost every corner. Takeaways are now delivered to our doors by taxi drivers. Starbucks, Greg Steak Bakes, Sushi from Wagamama's, Two for One at Domino's. And if you don't want to eat chicken from a bucket, you can go to Nando's and they'll stick it on a plate for you instead. And let's not forget about 12 inches of meaty pleasure from Subway. We live in an era of convenience and overindulgence. We're surrounded by food temptation everywhere we go. Did you know the average person consumes over 50 million calories in their lifetime? That's insane, right? With all these choices and temptations, no wonder it puts such a strain on our bank balances, our waistline, and our health. So, let's dive into this fasting phenomenon and understand its impact on our health. See if it's worth the hype, or is fasting just a fancy way of saying, I'm really hungry. So, there will be so many souls in this podcast. I'm a soul boy. Fasting's been around for ages. Dates back to the ancient civilizations, the ancient Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians. They're all doing it. They saw it as a means of purification and self-discipline. So fast forward to today, thanks to those geeky science nerds, intermittent fasting is no longer just some cultural tradition. It's a legit way to manage your weight, boost your metabolism, and even add some years to your life. Who knew skipping a meal could do all that? The Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans. Now I know you're thinking, skipping meals? But isn't breakfast the most important meal of the day? Let me tell you a quick story. So back in the late 19th century, a doctor, right, was convinced that masturbation, yes, masturbation, was some sinful act and it was ruining society. A couple of minutes in and he's already talking about masturbation. No. So, in a desperate attempt to stop us from crunching nutting all day. His plan was to create a plain and unappetizing meal. A meal that would discourage masturbation and dampen our sexual urges. Because nothing kills sexual urges like bland food, right? This is genuinely why we have conflicts. Dr. Kellogg believed that having a cheeky wank could cause memory loss, poor digestion, impaired vision, heart disease, memory loss epilepsy, and insanity. Dr. John Harvey Kellogg had this theory that if he could mess with our diets, it would mess with our hormone level. Well, conflict never slowed me down as a teen. No cereal on this planet could have distracted me from Baywatch Pammy and a red swimsuit. I'm guessing the only cock Kellogg's wanted us looking at in the morning is the one on the box. What's on the box? It's a cock. So, going back to the earliest point, with the phrase, isn't breakfast the most important meal of the day, was nothing more than a marketing slogan invented by two guys. And one of those guys' last name just happened to be Kellogg. You can't make this shit up. Well, Kellogg did. High sugar cereals like cornflakes might taste sweet, but they're loaded with refined carbohydrates and they're nutritionally empty. They cause rapid blood sugar spikes and they affect our energy levels, our insulin response and our metabolic health. Amazing. Somebody passed me a spoon. Long-term consumption can lead to obesity, type 2 diabetes, 
cardiovascular disease, tooth decay, and tooth cavities. Listen, if you have to eat cereal, opt for a cereal that's lower in sugar content. Find one that gives you sustained energy and supports your metabolic health. The whole concept of breakfast was to literally break the overnight fasting period and provide nourishment and energy to start the day. Remember, that's nourishment, not a bowl of sugary crap. Every time you eat is an opportunity to nourish your body. Fasting has some incredible effects on your body. Your body starts burning fat first. It converts carbs into glucose, stashing it as glycogen in your liver and your muscles. But when those glycogen stores run low, then your body transitions to burning stored energy. Winner, winner, skipping dinner. Sorry. And with less sugar in your bloodstream, lower insulin lets your body tap into fat stores, revving up your fat burning. Plus, it helps keep blood sugar in check and fights off insulin resistance. Fasting can help reduce inflammation in our bodies. And that's a big deal. Inflammation can cause all sorts of trouble, messes with your immune system, and makes you a target for infection. By reducing inflammation, fasting may create a more balanced immune response and making you better at fighting infection. In the context of fighting infections, an empty stomach triggers a series of biological processes that support the immune system. This includes autophagy. So autophagy, think of it, it's like the body's own little cleanup crew. It's when your cells go, hey, do you really need this old protein? Shall we just toss it out? Think of it like your personal cellular recycling center, keeping your cells tidy and healthy. Appetite regulation too. So fasting over time helps control your appetite hormones. Ghrelin, known as your hunger hormone, is primarily produced in the stomach. It's the one responsible for stimulating your appetite and keeping your energy balance in check. It's like that voice inside you that says, hey, I'm hungry. Can we eat now? And then there's leptin. So leptin, that's your satiety hormone. And that's made by your fat cells. And it talks to your brain, mainly the hypothalamus or hypothalamus, depending on where you come from. And it controls your appetite and your metabolism. When you eat, your fat cells crank up your leptin levels and your body is like, enough already, put down the Jaffa cakes, Brenda. So that's your leptin. Leptin is absolutely crucial for your appetite regulation and making sure you've had enough food. But here's the kicker. Sometimes your brain becomes leptin resistant, ignoring leptin signals, even with high hormone levels in the blood. And this leads to nonstop hunger and weight gain. Obesity and leptin resistance, they're like best buds, best friends forever. Because if your brain doesn't pick up on the signals, then you're always hungry. And then you end up in this never-ending cycle of overeating and more weight gain. Hormones aside, we eat for various reasons, and not just when we're physically hungry. Social pressure. So say it's Brenda's birthday at work, and she's brought in a big carrot cake for everyone. It's like an unwritten rule. You can't say no, even if you're not hungry, even if you don't like Brenda. Or you've got distracted eating. You're at the cinema, you're watching Tom Cruise defy death on a motorbike. And what do you do? You go all out on snacks, enormous Coke, tray of nachos, smashing a mammoth bag of popcorn like a French bulldog with asthma. Habitual eating. You know those people who religiously eat breakfast every morning at 7.30am? It's like clockwork, even if they're not hungry. That's habitually, and it's like you've been programmed to eat cereal out of habit. 
I will cover habit forming in detail in a future episode. So that's coming up soon. Emotional eating. Say you've had a bad day at work and suddenly you're pulling Brenda's cake out of your bag. It's like the answer to all of your problems. And then you say to yourself, I deserve this after the day I've had. I mean, cake's great, but it won't fix your day. I think one of the best arguments for fasting is that fasting can help promote a healthy gut microbiome, allowing your digestive system to rest and recover. And this can contribute to better digestion, nutrient absorption, and overall gut health. Now, the microbiome, I know it sounds like a Ben Affleck movie on Netflix, but it's not. So the gut microbiome, it's like, think of it like a little ecosystem in your belly. Literally, trillions of these little microorganisms living inside you, working together to keep things running smoothly. It's like an army of tiny warriors. They impact digestion, metabolism, immunity, and even your brain health. But you've got to treat them right with a healthy diet and probiotics. And when things go wrong, it can lead to problems like GI disorders, metabolic issues, and autoimmune conditions. Feel-good chemicals. Believe it or not, about 50% of dopamine and about 90% of serotonin is made in the gut. Both are neurotransmitters. Dopamine is like the quick fix. It's your brain's little motivator, fuels our pursuit of pleasure, and it's all about rewards. And it gives us that feeling of satisfaction, like eating Brenda's cake. Now, serotonin. I'm sure I went to school with serotonin. Anyway, serotonin is like the mood place. It handles your emotions, your social behavior, your sleep and your well-being. And that's, the, that's what makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. So a healthy microbiome helps protect you against certain diseases, improves your nutrient absorption, and boosts your immune system. So take care of your microbiome. Suggestion? Greek yogurt, baby. Now, going back to hormones for a minute. When you fast... Your body ramps up your human growth hormone, your HGH. It supports your immune system, maintains fluids, and manages fat metabolism, and stabilizes your sugar levels. HGH plays a crucial role in supporting the immune system, keeping your body fluids in check, handling fat metabolism, stabilizing sugar levels, and make sure your heart and your kidneys are doing their job. It's vital for growth, cell reproduction, and tissue regeneration. It's like the... Swiss army knife of hormones. Now with fasting, there are many eating windows. Starting with an extreme one for a second. So it was this Scottish guy, Angus, right? I swear I'm not making this up. And he didn't eat for a whole year. So he fasted for 382 days straight. And guess what? He lost 125 kilos. So 125 kilos for all my American pals out there. That's around 275 pounds. It's like he shed the weight of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He basically ran on his own body fat. That's some next level dedication. I'm sat here trying to convince you guys to skip a bowl of masturbation flakes and Angus goes for a whole year-long hunger strike. Amazing. Now, one popular fasting type is the OMAD diet, which is one meal a day. And I know what you're thinking, what's next? One breath a day? OMAD involves consuming all your daily calories within a single meal, typically condensed into like a, an hour-long eating window. Now, the idea of consuming just a, a single meal a day may sound extreme. However, I've discovered that by modifying, say, the OMAD plan to, say, a two-hour eating window, you can still enjoy all the benefits of 22 hours of fasting, but this way, 
you get the flexibility to socialise and go out for meals with your friends or family. And even if you went off track and you say ate for five hours, guess what? You've still got 19 hours of fasting under your belt. But if this old mad thing sounds like a food straitjacket, no worries. You can always opt for like a, an eight-hour eating window. And suddenly you've got all the time in the world to fool yourself up and you've got more freedom and flexibility. An eight-hour eating window gives you 16 hours of fasting. If you want to stay on track of your eating, consider having a smaller eating window. That way, you limit the chances of going off the rails and then you're not eating when you're not even hungry. So there you have it. Intermittent fasting. It's not just some fad diet. It's got some real health benefits. It promotes weight loss, regulates blood sugar levels, improves insulin sensitivity, and helps regulate your appetite hormones. Not to mention, it reduces inflammation and boosts your gut microbiome. For me, intermittent fasting is about that mental clarity, having more focus, because I'm just like duck, you know, the golden retriever from up. Metaphorical squirrels everywhere. And if it helps me keep lean, then that's a bonus. Thanks for tuning in. I'm super pumped to have this podcast. We're going to be diving headfirst into this unbelievable world of healthy eating and fad diets and mumbo jumbo and bro science. And I'm here to help you make sense of it all. So there's no fluff, no nonsense, possibly some oversharing and some terrible jokes along the way. But I promise it's going to be eye-opening. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, everybody.